Captain's Pog, Jenkum. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Outrageous Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship USS Board Ape, our ongoing mission to explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to a Snowden Zindy port. This is Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves, yes, but would a blizzard from Dairy Queen ground a warp-capable spaceship? Well, they do hold it upside down. That's what I'm saying. And so, so and I'm, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of yes here. Yeah. yeah. It seems yeah. like it's really sticky. Like, you yeah. probably don't want it on your skin. I, well, or, I, in a, I, or in a spaceship. I like sticky things on my skin. <laughs> Especially that, you know... Sticky icky icky baby, you know what I'm saying? You know, or that <laughs> sticky icky pussy. Sticky icky pussy. Or that sticky icky dick. Or that sticky icky girl dick. Or that sticky icky boy pussy. Or mm. that sticky icky they them pussy. Or that sticky icky they them dick. Oh. I think I covered all the bases. Whatever genitals you have. No, yeah. not not whatever. There's some probably weird things out there I'm not looking forward to. But <laughs> for the most part. Oh, I'm all ears. Uh, I would not fuck an ear if it was a genital. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Not, I would not fuck all ears. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we got a new episode of Trek today. You want to get right into it? Let's do it. Cool. We got an episode of Star Trek Prodigy. Nothing but a prodigy thing, baby. Just two dumb assholes talking crazy. Soy Trek is a podcast that pays, man. A cap, so please don't try to mace, man. Oh, what the hell? We got Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 14, Crossroads. Like the fucking um, Eric Clapton song, right? Mm. Actually, I don't think you Or the Britney Spears movie. True. Which also has Anson Mount mm-hmm. tying it together, who <laughs> plays Captain Pike on Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh. Clever. Clever. Written by Lisa Schultz Boyd, who wrote both episodes of A Moral Star from earlier in the series. Pretty good episodes. Yeah. And directed by Steve In Chang On and Sung Shin uh, for their respective fourth and sixth episodes directing or co-directing. Hmm. So these guys are pretty experienced at this at this point. So you want to jump right in? Let's do it. So we open on Admiral Janeway's ship. Uh, what was it called? The not the debutante. The uh, uh, it's down here later. Dauntless. Dauntless. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we open on the USS Dauntless flying through space. In the med bay, the Trill ensign carries a weakened diviner to a bio bed. Before they get there, the diviner gasps for air and says he's hopeless, and asks if uh, his memories will ever come back. The ensign comforts him, telling him how far he's come, and encouraging him not to give up, and says there's nothing that can stop him, which triggers a memory. And the diviner says, no barrier we cannot overcome, which surprises the ensign, and she notes that he's remembering something. Mm. 
Admiral Janeway enters the room and asks if the Diviner has made any progress. He tells her he wishes there was, and commiserates that he cannot repay Janeway or help her find the answers that she seeks. Janeway says not to worry, as they have a new lead. An eyewitness who survived an attack on a Federation relay station, and she assures him they will find his daughter. Suddenly, the Diviner remembers that his daughter's name is Gwendala and calls it out. Now we get a captain's log from Dahl. Captain's log, stardate 61302.7. Here's the deal. We want to go to Starfleet, but our ship has a weapon that will turn them against each other. So the plan is to stash it. We keep the weapon safe and out of harm's way while we hitch a ride to warn Starfleet. As for Murph, turns out he's going through some changes of his own. You hit puberty. Yeah, and that was actually a great captain's log. Like, that's a perfect teaser for the episode. It mm-hmm. explains exactly what's going on in the series and kind of exactly what's going to happen in this episode, which is great. Yeah, because there's a lot to catch up on because, mm-hmm. like, they had mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. like having to get rid of this, get rid of it, but not specified how. So, right, right. getting you up to speed, like, okay, they're going to bury under snow. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, in the med bay of the Protostar, Rock is attending to Murph and asks if he's okay. She scans him and says she hates to disturb him, but they need to take a field trip and puts him in a container and carries him away, like a little Murph backpack. It's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Down in the cargo hold, Hala Janeway and the crew say their goodbyes, and Zero says that they don't like saying goodbyes. So Hala Janeway says instead, let's say, see you soon. Dahl promises they'll be back, and Rock asks if Hala Janeway is going to be lonely. She insists that since she's shutting herself off, it won't make a difference whether they're gone for three days or three years because it'll just be a matter of nanoseconds to her. She says when Murph hatches, tell him I expect big things from him. Talking about that dick. <laughs> Talking about that big old hanging oh, dick. Oh, yeah, that big old Murph dick. <laughs> Let's call, it, call that Murphy Brown after he sticks in the poop hole, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So Hala Janeway leaves them with some advice. If they get into a pinch, call up the real Janeway, as she's sure she'll find them as promising as her hologram does. Which, how dumb is Hala Janeway? Yeah. Call up fucking other Janeway? On what? On on their fucking... They're like com badges that might be compromised by the malware that kills all the fucking Starfleet shit. I don't think so. Yeah, like she would have to recognize that the possibility of them running into real Janeway is slim to none. Right. Like, but but then it happens. But you know, mm. but like it's just it's just kind of funny. Like, oh yeah, you know, right. And ultimately, like I don't understand why they take their com badges with them. That's a bad idea. Yeah. That's a very bad Because idea. wouldn't it be connected to the ship systems and be you'd, you'd figure. You figure but, it might be because it is it is connected to the ship systems because that's how they beam people back up. That's how they get their geolocation mm. for beaming. Interessante. Uh-huh. Mm. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> So um Doll initiates sleep mode. Wait, uh yeah. Doll initiates sleep mode, and the crew makes their way onto a frozen landscape and shoot a snowy ridge, causing an avalanche that buries the ship and hides it. Um, Jankum says he won't be all right, as Tellarite royalty can't travel on anything short of warp five. 
I love I love how you like just decided the Tellarites are royalty because fucking one thing some guy said he said like oh the Tellarites helped found the Federation yeah and and from there like Jenkum Pog has decided that he's like a king it doesn't yeah. make any sense why not he's like let's let's bring back the feudal system <laughs> like, wait what dude <laughs> um so suddenly thunder cracks and some ominous clouds begin to move in Rock identifies them as storm clouds and suggests they leave immediately if they don't want to get caught in them. Jinkum asks if Rock is a meteorologist now, um, uh, like Al Rocker, if you will. Ooh. Oh, God. I thought about that earlier today and I didn't write it down. I'm so glad I remembered it. It was so good. If, if, if Only if Rock had any idea about 20th century Earth weatherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? <laughs> 21st century Earth weatherman, yeah. yeah. Like, God, that would have been amazing. David, Matt, Rock, and first on your TV, America's that sh- first family. Today that show's on still NBC. on. It is, but everyone original is off of it, uh, I think. Even Al, Al Roker? Al, Al Roker, I think, is doing something else. Uh, Matt was thrown off because he... Um, the pervert. Yeah, he had a, a, a button on his desk that locked the door of his office from the inside so women yeah, couldn't escape. That is insane. Imagine being like the guy who installed that. And just being like, okay. The the most amazing thing to me was like people who came to his defense after that. Oh like, yeah, there were there were fucking weird weird bootlickers who were like, oh no, it's totally reasonable for like a boss to have that in their office in case they want to lock the door but don't want to get up from their desk, like if they're having a a private meeting. And that's why it was there. <laughs> it locked it from the inside. Yeah, <laughs> from the inside. Like, I'm, oh, what the fuck, man? Yeah. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, so the person can't escape. Right. So if you're having a private conversation, it then forces them to have that private conversation. That's the utility of it? I don't Ugh, understand. Yeah. So creepy. So, yeah. Uh, whoa. After making their way over a vast snowy landscape, a ship finally flies overhead to a visible station which Zero identifies as Debloxy Station, a uh, Zindi station and the only major transport hub in the sector, which is apparently a haven for smugglers and anybody wanting to disappear. <laughs> so walking through the lot, Jenkum says that the station isn't a depot, but rather a junkyard. Gwyn says they just need a ship that can get them to the nearest Federation starbase. Suddenly, some guy says... A lady doth need transport, which is such a dumb line, until we find out. It's from one of the dumbest people. Exactly. <laughs> a guy appears who introduces himself as none other than Captain O'Connor. The outrageous O'Connor. Who we haven't seen since TNG season one or two or something. Yeah. It's been a long time. Like, And the great thing is they actually got the original actor back mm-hmm. and they made like the fucking guy you were mentioning. We were yeah. talking about this. Like They aged him well. They made him look like battle-tested. And he just looks like the actor of the original guy mm-hmm. who's been beat up a lot. And yeah. Which I'm like, that's perfect. That's perfect. It is funny because when this episode started, I was thinking like, ooh, this seems very Star Wars to me. Yes. And then uh, and then they introduced the most Star Wars character, the Hans, the uh, Best Buy or uh, Better Value um, yes. uh, uh, Han Solo. I, I wrote here, he's <laughs> just very much Han Solo with an eye patch. Yeah. And yeah. actually... I do like that they battle eight, like you know, they you know battle scarred him and stuff. Yeah, because like I feel that it, makes sense. It, it, yeah, I feel it did better than like you know Han Solo in Force Awakens, where mm-hmm. Han Solo's still wearing 
the same exact outfit he was wearing yep. <laughs> 40 years ago. And in Okana, he seems like he's, you know, been through some shit mm-hmm. since we last saw him on that TNG episode. And uh, yeah, and I, 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 I actually found him more tolerable in this episode than yeah. I did. In- I mean, he was a good, like, you know, foil. He was a good piece of shit on before. Yeah. Like, like, I, I like do... we like O'Connor. He was, that wasn't a terrible episode of season one TNG. It yeah. was a, it was a medi- It was average to better for the first he, season. He was kind of like, he was kind of like a Poochie where he was kind of be like, you know, this, ext- you know, this crazy character. And I, I feel like they were going to make him a recurring character, but they never I feel did. Like he should have been right. Yeah. I feel like, I feel that's like, what it like, implied. Kind of like that. I feel like he was almost similar in tone to the guy that, uh, like rain Wilson plays now, who is actually originally oh, TLS. Um, yeah. Mud. Henry, yeah, Henry yeah, Mud. Mud. yeah. Yeah. Mud. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he was, he's good for that, that kind of role, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like, a good recurring role who comes back and like just causes mischief every now and again. Yeah. But he has a, but he has a heart of gold. Yeah. yeah. Like, but he, but he, he does some, he does a little mischief on the yeah, side. And so, and so he like, he's either doing something, uh, for money that like gets fucked up mm-hmm. and like, you know, he has to get saved or something, or he's like doing something he believes is right. But like, he's being controlled by someone evil or, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. There's, there's a lot of stories you can do with a foil like this. Yeah. So, but then they never showed him again. So that's why it was interesting that they brought him back. And I, you know, I like it. I I do like that. And you know what it says to me more than anything Hmm. is it says the showrunners of the series actually watch and care about classic Trek. Yeah. Which I cannot say for the showrunners of Picard. I cannot say for (laughs) the showrunners of Discovery. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was definitely telling a new story with him. And, and yeah, I, I, it is nice because yeah, like it's a good thing for the parents who are definitely you know supposed to be watching this with their children, mm-hmm. and or you know grown ass adults like us. It's really just for us, you know that <laughs> Ch- right? Child, childless it's grown ass grown ass adults, literally for us. We're the only two who are, who are like, ooh, Star Trek console, Star Trek console. Like everyone else is like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he asks the crew what goods they have to trade for passage and Dahl tries to dismiss him saying that they can find, uh, they can do better than this guy. Wynn stops him and asks, uh, Han Solo how fast his ship is. He says it goes all the way up to warp four. Uh, Jankum excoriates him and mocks him saying he thinks his ship is fast. Ha 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 ha. Han Solo says, regardless, it'll take them anywhere they want to go in exchange for, Perhaps a few kilograms of de- cocaine, deuterium, de- de- <laughs> kilograms. Now he'd do it for like an ounce, man. Um, zero agrees to the deal, and suddenly an alarm sounds, and some aliens show up behind them. They tell Hokana Solo to put his hands up, and he asks if talking is now a crime. They say no. But illegal. Well, they they they're um um stopping his free speech. Yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> uh, they say yes. You're an anti-vaxer, and we're mm. taking you to anti-vax Fauci jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Uh, they say no, but they do say smuggling illegal contraband is illegal. Uh, as they open up a cargo hold and illegal contraband slips out, <laughs> which I like that he put all the illegal contraband completely accessible from the exterior of the ship. Yeah. Well, uh, as we saw on like in the outrageous Okana episode, like he's not the smartest guy. 
That's true. That is true. <laughs> so, yeah, you think a more seasoned uh, smuggler would was, uh, was the actual name of the episode the outrageous O'Connor? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's a, actually a great name for an episode. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, yeah, but he would have definitely like had it underneath, like you know, a, a false floor or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he would have been smarter. Have it inside the seats. Yeah, or have it inside little sugar capsules. Who knows? <laughs> so. Uh, uh, the aliens uh, take uh, Okana into custody and ask the crew if they're with him. Nervously, Dahl says no, and that they're just leaving. <laughs> Suddenly, from a PA system, it's announced that all vessels are now grounded due to a blizzard. Okay, what? Yeah. So, all of these ships, I'm going to have to assume, are warp capable. Yes. Meaning, a couple things. Uh, they have shields. They have a disruptor. And they can basically like defy gravity terrestrially. Like they, they have they have propulsion systems that can put them through an atmosphere. So yeah. I don't understand how a fucking spaceship with shields that then prevent them from like, you know, meteors and space dust hitting them that can, at, yeah, can at a trillion miles speed. an hour. <laughs> I don't understand how it can be stopped by some snow. Uh, because of I the need story that explained to me. The story wouldn't happen otherwise. Yeah, but it's bad storytelling because <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, it could be one thing if they're like, uh, you know, uh, we're searching for a criminal. All spaceships are grounded and magnetically locked or something like that. There, there's oh, so yeah. many things they could do to ground all of the spaceships. They could have done it right before this and been like, you know, fucking we're searching for Okana and then he could have slipped away because them taking him into custody didn't matter. No. Just, it didn't no, matter. Just to it introduce was him for later. Exactly. And so yeah. like he should have slipped away and they should have been like the station's now on lockdown pending searching for a criminal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have he could have like quickly been like, Oh, well let me just I need my I need my medicine. I need my medication and then like and then slip out through their yeah. <laughs> through their grip like, and then they're like ground all ships, ground all ships. And so and so this I think was very dumb writing. This like immediately took me out of it and I I literally had to stop <laughs> the episode to write a paragraph about how a fucking spaceship can't be grounded by snow. It doesn't make any sense. No. Like it can survive in the cold of space. <laughs> Yeah, in, but, in, a, in the vacuum, in the cold, lifeless vacuum of space. In the cold, lifeless vacuum of space at millions of miles an hour. Yeah. With with debris coming towards it. With, it, could, it can withstand it. Like, it, they basically have shown they can get really fucking close to suns. To, right. To, <laughs> to, to like, like, so it can withstand the force of, of a sun. But, but listen, listen. There's some snow. Do you see the snow, snow guy? Come on. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever even had a fucking Dairy Queen blizzard? You know what? You know, it's kind of like I think it's kind of like, you know, school snow day rules, you know. Oh, so it was really just the teachers wanted a day off. Yeah. Like, eh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot more sense, actually. Yeah. Okay. And it's still thing like, you know, it's 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 just like, you know, they just want to like have a little time off. You know, they want to sit inside, drink some hot cocoa. No, I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Okay. I understand. I respect that Zindi decision now. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense than the storytelling that they do. <laughs> so, uh, Jenkum jibes Rock for her meteorological analysis, and she says it's not an exact science, after which Dahl recommends they split up to find a suitable ride. 
in a bar somewhere at the port, Barnes Frex from a couple episodes ago uh, is regaling his story of having his station destroyed by saboteurs before he escaped and was picked up by a friendly Orion crew, making a callback to episode 11 of the season where the protostar destroyed a relay station mm-hmm. with Barnes Frex on it. Somebody tries to contact his combat several times, but he's too busy telling stories. And who do you think he was telling the story to? I, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. Kazon. Kazon, that's right, which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really recognize him immediately. But yeah, and like the uh, like yeah, aren't they called the Kazon or or yeah. like the little like the fo- the fake um um yeah. uh Klingon type uh, aliens? Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. So elsewhere on the station, Admiral Janeway beams down with her Andorian number one, Commander Tysis, uh Tellerite Costanza, Dr. Noam, and the Trill Ensign. Essentia. Um, mm-hmm. They note that Barnus Frex is there, but not responding to his comm badge. Janeway has everybody split up to find Frex. How how can they not locate him with his comm badge? The trans yeah. The transporter can locate a comm badge. Why can't they? As pe- they should be able to pull out a tricorder and be because like, of the blizzard. Where is Barnus Freck? Oh, oh, good point. Yeah, because of the the Dairy Queen blizzard. The Dairy Queen it's blizzard. Too thick. It's too thick. Yeah. They put too much Butterfinger in there, and now <laughs> yeah. they can't Butterfinger Frex. Yeah, really. They could have just like beamed him up. Butterfinger BF <laughs> Barnus Frex. Coincidence? Oh my god. Coincidence? No butter. Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger. <laughs> Nobody better lay a finger on my Barnus Frex. <laughs> no better lay a sex on my Barnus Frex. No better butt sex my Barnus Frex. I don't think anyone's been laying sex on Barnus Frex. Oh, I will. Oh, I will, shit. I will stick it in all his nose ridges, my friend. <laughs> and take advantage of that tongue. Yeah, that tongue. Hell yeah. What that tongue do? That tongue number one, baby. <laughs> uh, so, oh, uh, okay. So down on the station floor, Rock is busy asking people for a ride as Tysis passes her. But everybody is scared of her because she's a big rock. And she's not a big cocaine rock because then everyone would love her. Oh, yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Jenkin Pog is also looking for a ride, preferably warp nine or just nine inches. When he bumps whatever in, he finds first. Hell yeah. Uh when he when he bumps into Dr. Noam and Dr. Noam says to look out where he's walking. Or sorry, uh Chinkampog says that. Um mm-hmm. the doctor says wandering aimlessly is hardly considered walking. When suddenly Jinkum becomes excited to finally meet a fellow Tellerite, but says to consider him underwhelmed. Noam says he considers him under something, <laughs> an undersized pauper. Which is savage. Honestly, savage. Uh, Suddenly, Jenkum notices Gnome is Starfleet and begins to tell him, but then catches the insult and says Tellarites are practically royalty. Gnome laughs at this and says Pog is a name Tellarites reserve for runts. Which is some crazy weird, like, body negativity for Tellarites. And also, yeah, weird classism. Yeah, yeah, very weird stratification based on size. That's strange, man. So, and you think that would erase that from like since there's Starfleet? <laughs> you think? Um, so Noam says pogs are short in size and vocabulary and phallically, uh, which seems <laughs> to really hurt Jenkum's feelings because, because they're all right. Be, I mean, because even though it's not very short, it's as thick as a fucking Coke can, baby. That's true. 
Uh, so he excuses himself for some official business in the bathroom. <laughs> a guy bumps into him and says he's sorry, little guy, and asks Jenkum if he lost his mommy, and Jenkum screams in frustration. <laughs> out in the port, and also because he's coming because he has a humiliation fetish, out in the port, sure. Gwyn addresses a Klingon speaking his language. He asks who she is to address him in the Klingon tongue, and she says her and her crew need a ride to the nearest Federation starbase. The Klingon asks what she has to offer him in return and sees the heirloom tomato. Mm. <laughs> uh, she insists it's not for trade, and he says that maybe he'll just take it as he moves in. Suddenly, Ensign Essentia pu- uh, pushes him aside and tells the Klingon to leave her. He sees her Starfleet badge and leaves. Now, I kind of wish that Essentia didn't come over here and Gwyn was, like, forced to kill him with the heirloom. Yeah. That would have been sick, but not very children showy. Can you imagine that thing, like, being stabbed with that thing, and since it's alive, goes inside of you, you mm-hmm. stab it, and then it goes... Oh, yeah. goes it, all out in different... Lo- it goes out from all angles inside the body, and then just, like, fucks you up. That would be the worst, man. That that That's a scary weapon, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Gwyn thanks the ensign, and they introduce themselves. Essentia asks if her full name is Gwendala, and Gwen is very confused. Essentia says she knows her father, and that he's on their ship. Gwen says she must be mistaken and turns away, but Essentia grabs her and says she must tell her where the protostar is. But Gwen escapes her grip and runs away. I hope in the future we get past grabbing people by the arm. Hmm. I just, that's that's a thing that, like, has always bothered me. It's such a weird, forceful thing to do to somebody else. Yeah. You can always use your words. Like, unless someone's, like, literally deaf and you need to get their attention, don't grab people by the arm. Yeah. Now she's probably, like, you know, didn't want her to get any further because she needs her. Yeah, still controlling. Not cool. Yeah. Over with Dahl, he's wandering around looking for a ride on a big, fat cock when he hears a page <laughs> from Janeway, only to see her standing directly in front of him. <clears throat> He sheepishly asks if she's Captain Janeway, and she says she prefers the title Vice Admiral. Mm. He gasps and can't get a hold of his words, and his necktail is going out of control because he's about to blow his purple load. Janeway, that, that, we, yeah, we haven't established that. That is his penis. We haven't established it, but I have established like when he's horny, that thing twitches a bunch. <laughs> And I've also established gorge with blood. Yeah, I've also established that his load is definitely purple. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Uh, Janeway asks him to string a few words together and start from there. Dahl asks if she's ever wanted something so bad that you're afraid to ask for it in case you mess up, and she's like, "Yes, you can have the pussy. <laughs> um, Make it quick. <laughs> I've got a lot to do. <laughs> don't don't get that purple stuff all over it. Not on my bush." So, uh, she says all the time, but fear of failure has killed more dreams than anything else. So she usually just goes for it. <laughs> I just winked at Pat, by the way. Yeah. For the, for the, the I think they felt it. Yeah. I think they did. That's an audio wink. <laughs> um, uh, in, in other words, she says, fear is the, the mind, mind killer. killer. Uh, she asks if he wants to enlist in Starfleet and he says, yes, but. Janeway interrupts him and says, there are no butts in Starfleet, and you make it so. Dahl asks, but what if it's a big butt? Mm. And Janeway says, well, I like 
big butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> you other brothers can't deny. When a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and that round thing in your face, you get sprung. Mm. Want to pull up tough, because you notice that butt was stuffed. Deep in the jeans she's wearing, hooked, and I can't stop staring. <laughs> Janeway continues, oh, baby, I want to get with you and take your picture. <laughs> My homeboys tried to warn me. But that butt you got make me so horny, ooh, rumple smooth skin. You say you want to get in my bends. Well, use me, use me, because you ain't that average groupie. Um, then Janeway says, I've seen them dancing to hell with romancing. She's sweat, wet, got it going on like a turbo vet. All right. Um, so then Janeway says, I'm tired of magazines saying flat butts are the same thing. Take the advantage, black man, and ask him that. She's got a pack much back. So, fellas. 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 You're supposed to say yeah and hell yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Fellas. Yeah. Fellas. Hell yeah. Has your girlfriend got the butt? Hell yeah. Well, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake that healthy butt. Baby got back. <laughs> Suddenly, Commander Tysis approaches with Barnus Frex and Dahl walks away, but bumps into Dr. Gnome and begins to run. Janeway asks Frex who destroyed the relay station, and he insists there were six of them, ruthless, and they were dressed as Starfleet. Janeway asks exactly how a science vessel destroyed his station, and Frex insists it's some kind of tech. The same tech that's taking down Twitter as we speak. <laughs> uh, a weapon that turned everything against itself. From behind a crate he's hiding behind, Dahl yells, maybe they had good intentions. And Janeway says she doubts any good intentions were offered to Captain Chakotay, who, thanks to these savages, was captured. Oof. Yeah. Uh, in I should mention that um, she says savages in reference to, I think, Barnas Frex says savages first. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so she doesn't actually say savage except as, I think, a reference to that. Because I thought it was weird at first that Janeway would actually say savages. Because that's a very uh, colonialist word. Yeah. And and plus, yeah, and she's also angry about Chakotay. But yeah, it was a weird word for her to use. Yeah, I like, thought so too, which is why I kind of looked into it and backed up and made sure that it wasn't her just saying it like context not provided yeah 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 <laughs> so frex begins to describe the group and as soon as he describes doll janeway realizes they're all within the same building <clears throat> janeway spots doll and says they're here as they begin to pursue them running doll meets up with the others and frantically tells them that they gotta go rock says if he uh rock asks if he found a ride but he says no he found starfleet mm. Um, Zero says, that's spectacular. And Dahl says, no, not spectacular. <laughs> Jacob sees the Starfleet group and says, is that Captain Janeway? And they run off. Starfleet pursues them as Janeway excoriates Frex for failing to mention that they're children. Yeah, she's like, okay, so they weren't actually savages. They were just like a bunch of dumb kids. Yeah, so, so they weren't American Indians. <laughs> I, I expected feathers <laughs> yeah. it's like what the fuck um, so Janeway pulls out a page and requests to speak to head of security of the port oh sorry she puts out a page not pulls out a page mm -hmm. uh, she tells him she wants all exits sealed 
Over with the crew, Gwyn wonders how her dad escaped, and Zero says he was in stasis with no means to pursue them, so they have no idea how he got out. Jingum wonders why he has Starfleet chasing after them, and Dahl mentions that they might be under the impression they blew up the relay station and kidnapped Chakotay. Rock asks if they all talk to Starfleet without telling him about the deadly weapon, which, great point, Rock. Literally, yeah. like, how did they all fail to do that? It was like, yeah, fucking... They had one assignment. <laughs> yeah, Gwyn, Gwyn just, like, ran away because she heard her dad is still mm-hmm. alive. Fucking uh, Jankum got offended that he's short. <laughs> and fucking Dahl, like, just couldn't get a hold of his words and then hid because he saw Barnus Frex. Like, yeah. there's so many things, that they there's so many ways they could have not fucked this up, but they just fucked this up. And honestly, I didn't really notice at the time, but the more I think about it, the writing was pretty sloppy here, I think. Yeah. Like, the, the fact, like, they could have done a lot more things to get them to split up and get out. And I think three of them failing at the exact same thing in very similar ways was kind of a dumb thing and it, it made it made the crew look fucking stupid is the thing and and that's the thing and that's and that was the whole purpose why they set out in the first place mm-hmm. and like and 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 like they knew the importance of communicating to starfleet without the protostar mm-hmm. so it wouldn't destroy the things and that was the perfect opportunity and right. for some reason like yeah doll went on that whole thing like do you ever have something you wanted to say, but you right. can't? It's Literally, like, it would not have been a bad thing <laughs> if they were captured by Starfleet. Because yeah. they then they could explain exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. They should have been captured by Starfleet. And that Jan- would have been advantageous <laughs> because they know like Starfleet isn't like immediately punitive. They know they're not going to just shoot them to death or anything. They're going to want answers, and they're going to want an explanation. Mm-hmm. And that explanation is literally the reason they went there to talk to them. Yeah, and and also if they're worried about like being tried as criminals in the first place, like how Jane, hologram Janeway would have vouched for them exactly, and like probably shown them the logs or whatever uh-huh. that's on the ship. Yeah, literally all they really needed to do was bring someone with, from Starfleet without their communicator badge to the Proto Star. Yeah, and that's it. Like especially like Admiral Janeway. Mm-hmm. Like and like literally at the end of the episode, if they would just stayed there, yeah, like they just stayed in place and been like, yeah. yes, yes, I am, yeah, I want to explain myself. Like there's there's so many so many failures. This is just systemic failure, and because of that, I'm like the writing. I'm like, eh, eh. yeah, because like more than anything, I'm disappointed that it makes our protagonists, who up to this point have gotten more and more competent and more and more confident in their abilities it makes them look very incompetent mm-hmm. and unable. Yes. And I'm like, no, that's not <laughs> how we've written these characters up to this point. Suddenly they're just fucking idiots. And I don't like that. Yeah. Um, Being idiots for idiots sake. And, mm-hmm. and then like, just for, just for the story's sake. I'm like, we don't need that. Yeah. When rock is just like, you know, wait a minute, you all talked to Starfleet and none of you brought up the thing. It's uh-huh. just like, Oh, wait, maybe we should just stop then. Yeah. Maybe we should <laughs> stand here for a moment. Wait till they come to us and then we can tell them what happened. Yeah. Because it's it's the six of them with like real knowledge versus Barnus Frex's word. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. And they know like fucking Starfleet is, you know, liberal and woke and they'll give them their fucking day in court and mm-hmm. a chance to explain themselves. Yeah. So there's no reason for them to run away is you, what I'm saying. You done fucked up. Done 16 fucked up. to 17 year olds. Uh, Idiot. Oh, well, uh, so... 
17 years old. We don't know how old how old Rock is. We assume Zero is actually probably pretty old. And uh, then Jinkum, I think, is 19. Yeah. So. Jink, jinkum, Jinkum Hog. Hell yeah. Cranking that Jinkum Hog. <laughs> so Zero pulls up another box. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, yeah. So suddenly security sees them and begins pursuing them. Zero says if they're caught, they'll get the ship and destroy themselves, which is not true. If they're caught, they can explain themselves. Yeah. And they won't get the ship. Like, so they find some kind of, which is weird coming from Zero. Zero is obviously the oldest and smartest one here. Mm-hmm. And here Zero, like, ruins the writing by being the dumbest motherfucker alive. Yeah, because Zero probably is, like, hundreds of years, probably, think. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's it's not like they can, Yeah like penalize zero they're a fucking non-physical form. like what are they gonna do <laughs> yeah, yeah gonna zero do? can just be like fuck all y'all and just open the hatch and just uh, float away yeah. or make them all go insane exactly bingo <laughs> so so they find some kind of land shuttle uh that is slightly uh, just a slightly larger version of luke's speeder from a new hope yeah that's a it, i was just like is. oh my god mm-hmm. and like i was like okay this this episode's already very star wars and then it does this bullshit uh, thankfully there are no ownership nor safety features on the craft and so they just start it up and drive away yeah there's no keys you don't need keys no you don't need any sort of like identification to start it up they don't yeah that wouldn't make any sense yeah like having the owner of something be able to start something out um so security is now in fast pursuit of them uh, Jankum asks if they're criminals now and says they'll never get to see Starfleet. Rock yep. interrupts and everybody is all like, what? And she announces that Murph is about to hatch. But Dahl says to tell him to wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rock throws a box at one of the speeders and it careens into the side of a cliff and blows up likely killing the security guards inside and legitimately making the group murderers now. Yes. Now so, they have to run for it for their lives. So, so they, they were going to be caught for property crime and they were very scared of that. So they ran away and murdered some people. Yeah. Which makes sense to me. I mean, they had to do what they had to do. Have to do what you had to do. Yeah. They're not going back in the clink. <laughs> so zero pulls up another box, which opens a hatch that reveals Hokana solo hiding in it. Oh, hells yeah. Hell yeah. So, them taking him into custody didn't really make sense because they lost custody of him. He should have ran away and hidden their in, in this transport in the first place. That would have made so much more sense because then they could have locked down the port in search of him. Um, and yeah, and then it wouldn't make the Zindi look like fucking idiots losing him from custody. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. He's, he, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a wily dude who, who survives on his wits. I can see him, like, getting out. He is, but they have so much technology and shit. Yeah. Come on. And also, he got out in like five minutes. Yeah. Come on. That too. It was <laughs> Come like, on now. Like they, they wandered around, talked to a couple people, and he, he escaped in that time. It doesn't, I don't buy that. Or maybe he, uh, maybe he was like, you know, hey, you know, don't take me into custody. I'll give you a little odd job if you get my, my shift. <laughs> and just was like, he just took his eye patch off. And you, you want to make this rated a uh, triple X in D, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> The guys were like, "All right, you can go." <laughs> uh, well, yeah, let us dump two loads in your eye. Actually, I'm going to watch. Just do it to him. <laughs> That's what I'm into. <laughs> uh, so, security shoots some lasers, triggering—sorry, uh, triggering an avalanche in front of them. 
O'Connor says he hasn't seen the Zindi this spicy since his last dash to the neutral zone and asks if they're sure they're not smugglers. O'Connor opens a hatch and reveals a tube of glowing something. Uh, he says it's chlorine trifluoride, which um, I paused at this point and looked up uh, chlorine trifluoride. Hmm. It's actually a highly unstable propellant that is currently seen as a possible future fuel source, but our current technology is unable to contain it fully. Oh, cool. So this is actually like pretty scientifically legit, which is pretty mm. sick. I like it when they do like, yeah, like techno babble that sound. That, that, actually, that it actually like fits into the real world. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I like that a lot. So yeah, it's interesting to also include that in a kid show. Exactly. Because like the techno babble <laughs> in the adult show is all fucking dog it's shit. It's all bullshit. Especially like Discovery is like the biggest load of bullshit. Yeah. Like, like, you know, you f- talk to any fucking mitocologist, they're like, yeah, that's some fuddy-duddy. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> there's fucking, there's no goddamn mushrooms in space. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, what the fuck? A mycelial network that's another dimension? No. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> mushrooms exist here. Yeah. Terrestrially. Like, in the real universe. Who knows? Mushrooms could exist in No, space. they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Mushrooms aren't smarter than us. And there's no. also, like, large uh, water bears, the tardigrade. Grades. I mean, tar- tardigrades can exist in space. Just not. There's no such thing as a large tardigrade. Yeah, yeah. The the ones that are like uh like uh like Kodiak bear size or whatever they are in Discovery. Yeah, silly, silly, S- silly Billy Gumdrops. So, uh, they get to their destination, and O'Connor says he was under the impression that they were headed towards a starship. Dahl says not to worry, they're on top of it. Then he remotely raises the proto star. Oh, he opens the hatch. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, so, like, what? Once again, why are they bringing all these people to the protostar? These people could beam on, get in, yeah, do lots of things, take the protostar and communicate with Starfleet, mm-hmm. doing what they're trying to prevent here from doing. They should have stayed and gotten fucking caught by Starfleet and explained it to them. Janeway would have understood. Fucking Holly Janeway said she would. Yeah. God yeah, exactly. Damn, they're not even following Holly Janeway's advice. Yeah, they didn't listen. Like, Jane, Hollow Janeway was just like, yeah, just just, just uh, make sure you reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, let's run away from her. <sighs> so getting on the ship, Holly Janeway asks how long she was out. Um, how would she not know that? She's a computer. She should have that information. She has the time. She knows when she shut herself off. She knows what time it is now. How does she not know how long she was out? She says she wants to hear everything about their adventures. Dahl says they were over before they started, and O'Connor says hi. Holla Janeway is very confused. Yeah. As am I. Who is this grown-ass man you've brought back? Han Solo? (laughs) Not in the right... Fucking franchise. And then she's like, and then Hollow Jane anyway looks him up, be like, um, kids, I think you legally cannot be within, th- within <laughs> 100 feet of this man. Uh, so, <laughs> out on the surface, the Zindi and Starfleet make their way to the location of the protostar as it begins to rise from the surface, uh, undoubtedly killing the Zindi security on top of it and making them complicit in even more murders. Mm-hmm. Admiral Janeway has her ship, the Dauntless, beam up her crew. Which shows that they, it could have beamed up uh, Barnes Frex like from the beginning. Yes, true. Like they, well, but he wasn't wearing his comm badges. Oh uh, yeah, was on, com- his, on the back of his chair. So yeah, that, that's that true. 
almost makes sense. All right, I'll admit it. But it seems pretty uh, pretty stupid to take it off. But he's touching it. So, like, we've, we've, we know that anything touching someone who's being beamed back would also be beamed back as well because they're a contig- continuous mm. structure. So, so if he's leaning back, it really should. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know, man. I don't fucking know. So also they could just like look for his his uh you know look for a Denobian um um uh life signs yeah very on the true. planet and be like okay well this is him <laughs> yes yeah, so we're gonna be a fucking another Denobian in that part of space I don't fucking think so yeah but who knows so, who knows um upon that'd be amazing if they fucking just beam up the only Denobian and Doctor Flox is just there with his dick hanging out and he's like. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? He was in the middle of urinating. He he was in the middle of getting blown by his two wives. And he's like. They beam right right as he comes. And he just just arcs and just lands on the the fucking. (laughs) He's like. Gets all all over the transporter chief's face. (laughs) No. Denoblian come burns. (laughs) Why does it burn? Uh, So. Upon the protostar. Murph is hatching. And Rock can't wait to see the new Murph. Doll has Jenkum engage the protodrive. Hollow Janeway, seeing the Dauntless pursuing them, asks what they did while she was sleeping. Okana notes that they're in even more trouble than him. Mm-hmm. Probably because they just murdered a bunch of Zindis. <laughs> I don't think Okana did that. No. So, on the Dauntless, Admiral Janeway orders to not let the Protostar escape. On the Protostar, Okana asks if they're going Warp 4, and Jenkum laughs and says they're going Warp 9.97, the home of rock. <laughs> so they can potentially become lizards if they go any faster. Oh yeah. Or do they, or do they, could they uh, stop the lizard thing? Did they did they come up with technology to stop that from happening, or is that still like a, still like a possibility of happening if they go uh, over warp ten? Well, the ship can't go over warp ten um, because a single ship can't go over warp ten. You'll probably remember. Oh, yeah. You might remember the reason that Paris went over warp ten is he was in a transport because to go warp ten you need a ship in front of you to basically like give you further coordinates. Oh yeah. And uh and like yeah, and like do the math or something like that. So he was on the ship in front of them mm. uh which is has to go just like slightly faster. And so he's the one that hit warp 10 while the other while the fucking Voyager only hit warp 9.99. Mm-hmm. So it's not possible at this point with a singular ship that we know of. Um who knows though. Yeah. Who knows? Um, God, we, we, oh God, I feel like we just need to go back and do threshold at some point. I mean, w- eventually we'll get it, but yeah. Yeah. Threshold just, rocks. Yeah. Threshold. I mean, <laughs> I stand by threshold. It is not a good episode of no. Star Trek. In fact, it is one of the worst episodes of Star Trek. However, it's the most batshit insane. It is <laughs> one of the most entertaining episodes of Star yeah. Trek. And you can't deny that. It is like watching it. It's not like watching Star Trek. It's like watching Star Trek for like maybe 15 minutes and then suddenly everything goes off the rails and it's like watching like one of the worst episodes of maybe the outer limits that's ever existed. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's wonderful. I love that. When they're, when, uh, Jane, lizard Janeway and lizard Paris are like (laughs) raising their lizard babies. Yes. And it just like has like this, like completely 
like no dialogue just showing them just like so, trounce around the, the moment it goes completely off the rails is when lizard paris picks up regular janeway yeah <laughs> and like carries her and i'm just like uh, just the visual of it like every time i see it i'm like oh here here it goes this is where it just goes it's just like there, it's past the point of no return at that mm-hmm. point there's there's a point i think in the episode where they can actually resolve it as a regular star trek episode and make it kind of make sense but like after base after he walks her over the threshold mm-hmm. literally after the threshold threshold goes off the fucking rails yeah. and it's beautiful it's amazing it is beautiful it is i i i stand by that episode it is one of the episodes of voyager it's not one of my favorite episodes of voyager but it is the one i probably watch the most yeah because it's fucking funny I need to dumb. I need to go go back and rewatch it, um, yeah. just because now and with the under the context that like doll could potentially be one of the lizard babies, like that is true. Like yeah. it'd be yeah. interesting to watch it and maybe like pick up on some clues that they could be leaving in the show. Some blues clues, or some, some blues, I guess some purples clues, some purples clues. Purples clues. Yeah, purples, clerples. That doesn't work <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, um. Suddenly, the Dauntless hails the protostar. Dahl orders his crew not to respond, as if they do, the living construct will infect the Dauntless. Dahl asks how the proto-jump is coming, and Jenkum is nervously scrambling to get it working. Over with the diviner, he sees the protostar on a view screen and recognizes it. On the protostar, Gwyn says they're still hailing, and if they don't answer, they'll appear hostile. Dahl says if they do they'll become even more hostile. Suddenly, Okana asks, says, uh, speaking of hostile, what's that smell? Which is actually a great line, and I really wish, like, mm-hmm. Jenkum Pog just ate too many beans. Yeah. Like, that would have been, that would have been, like, the funniest way to go with it. It's just, like, <laughs> Jenkum Pog just goes, sorry. Or the ca- camera just pans over to Jenkum Pog, and, like, everyone's staring at him, and he's like, what? <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> Um, so suddenly Okana asks what that smell is and we see Murph's cocoon empty. Like, what do you think that smelled like though? Like, why is it so, um, uh, like, I mean, so he's been, how long has Murph been like transformed? Didn't seem that long. Yeah. I'm going to say maybe a week or two. Yeah. So, you know, at least week old smegma. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Probably with a, I mean, it's morphing, so, like, there's got to be, like, waste, too. That, so, smegma, piss, poo, mm. I don't know. It can't smell good. No. I know smell, that. It's probably smelled like an outhouse, and it's funny because it was just, like, mm-hmm. blue and blue and purple. So, it looks like it would smell like, you know, some sort of, like, blue raspberry type thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a fucking flavor of fucking <laughs> Slurpee that they're selling <laughs> yeah. at 7-Eleven. Instead, they're all, like, offended by the stench. They're like, oh, my God, that's fucking stinks. And it's just like, wow. I want, I want to know. They should have described the smell more. Yeah, you know what I bet it actually smells like is uh, when you get uh, Brazilian wax, uh, the wax strip that they uh, strip all your ass hair off with mm-hmm. from, from the butthole, it smells like that exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Never had that happen. You never had your ass waxed? No. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a common thing? Do, do people, a lot of people do that? Of, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why are you asking me? It's not like, 
It's not like I get my ass waxed every day. <laughs> you go like, uh, hey, Brit! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Brett the ass guy. He's back. <laughs> you, Again? That's the second time this week. Your picture is framed and on the wall as like the most as the, as, as like a return as the as the return customer. My ass is framed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a picture of you and like a picture of your ass. <laughs> right next to their very first dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> first ass waxed. <laughs> it's like the first dollar bill. Well, there's heads, my ass. There's tails. <laughs> um so, um, everybody looks for Murph, and from behind a console, a new Murph appears. This one with arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Yeah, he's got little baby legs. Yeah, he's not like a little gumdrop anymore. He's just like a little, little baby kid Murph. So he's not really mm-hmm. a worm. He's just like a little, little, little child thing. Yeah. I kind of wonder if maybe that's what's happening with him, is he's is like he's like taking in the information of the people that are around him and he's like evolving to look more like them. That would make sense. Cause like, I'm wondering, cause like he's, cause like before, like, what was he just like, just a dude? Like he was like, he was in the, in the camp, but was he around other people a lot? I don't know. I don't know exactly what they used Murph for on the fucking, uh, on the planet. Prison late. Like, uh, yeah. Prison, prison asteroid, whatever. Yeah. But it's just, I wonder if he's just like trying to, if, if his species just naturally like tries to like, imitate like the looks of the of who they're around i don't know and i mean we we don't have like any information about these the species at all being that the only time it was ever mentioned or we we didn't ever see one before uh prodigy the only time it was ever mentioned was in an insult i think towards wesley crusher on an episode of tnt yeah yeah um they they yeah someone insulted him and like called him a whatever worm Um, which is weird because yeah they're also i had this thought the other day since he's indestructible why doesn't he eat the living construct? He ate a bomb. The problem is I think the living construct would still live inside of him because it's not it's indestructible and it's not it doesn't blow up. He ate the bomb and the bomb blew up inside of him which got rid of the material of the bomb. However, if he eats the living construct, it's still going to be active inside of him. Because remember the living construct is a like a wireless device basically. Mm. But do you think he would digest it though? Not necessarily. I mean, it's indestructible, so how would it digest? But so is Murph, so it's like two indestructible forces. Oh, yeah. Who will win? Uh, an indestructible force and an unstoppable colon. <laughs> so, I, think, I, think he, I think he should eat it. I mean, it would be an interesting thing to have him try that, but I don't see it as a good resolution to the plot, to be no. honest. I, th- I, I see it as a very bad resolution to the plot. <laughs> it would be very anticlimactic because it would be like, why didn't they do that to begin with? Come yeah. on. Like, that's come on. I, I think that would have been my first thought if I was on that ship. Yeah. I would have been like, let Murph eat it. I, I will say, I think at this point, it's the point of no return. If they did it at this point, it would be silly. Yeah. It would be very <laughs> they're just silly. Like, they're just like sitting around. It should just be like them all just sitting around. Smoking like, weed. And yeah. one of them's like, whoa, whoa, but what if, what if Murph ate the living construct, man? <laughs> and Jenkins like, Whoa. Like yeah, Jinkum just yeah. has a has a mouthful of Cheetos and he <laughs> opens his mouth and they all fall down his down his He's chest. Like, He's like, "What, <laughs> yeah. dude? Let's do it!" And they just take and then they just like high off their asses, like to put to put a put uh, Murph on the construct and he eats and they're like, "He's doing it! Fuck. He's doing it!" We're like Jinkum Bong. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you make uh, Jinkum Bong stickers? I keep on having these ideas for like 
incredibly adult things <laughs> th- themes on a kid show and i'm like no <laughs> like I, I made a meme that was a jenkum peg yeah and he's wearing a fucking harness and he's got a big dildo i think i only published it one place because i'm like no <laughs> yeah this is maybe a bridge too far but i have a new bong sticker with jenkum bong god that's actually a good point yeah i do like making bong stickers yeah you do yeah, people like bong stickers too i've sold a ton of the fucking uh smoke weed do greed yeah I mean, people love this yeah yeah do it do one with pog and he's just like and maybe like instead of his uh his robot hand he has a, a, a the robot hand is morphed into a bong. oh i actually like that a lot yeah or, or he's like or he's like smoke or he's like smoke he like he has his thumb up to it and the thumb mm. he's like smoking out of the thumb and lighting it I mean, i'm gonna pose this to you how about Jenkins' body is just like the bulb of the bong and then there's like a tower coming out of his head and like his arm is the the bull piece and oh, someone's like lighting that. his yeah. his arm <laughs> and yeah. rocks hitting it hell yeah he's hitting a crack rock through <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> from, from now on we're calling we're calling her crack rock crack rock crack rock she does have a lot of cracks on her skin yeah uh, eventually, is the uh, Ascend CIA going to steal her and sell her in the in urban areas, <laughs> black communities? Okay, so, um, uh, so the new Murph runs to a console and jumps up for a seat, and accidentally launches a torpedo. Yeah, you which, stupid fuck! I gotta say lazy writing yeah <laughs> like i and 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 it's amazing that it's that easy where a, a, right. a like a butt can just like right. launch a launch a missile you think they would they were there would be more uh fail safes or fail safes or something yeah like you, you can't just like automatically just fire a aft torpedo at, yeah at with your butt with your butt with your butt <laughs> Like, I figure it would require, you know, a thumbprint or something to, like, you know, declare war and destroy yeah. another vessel. Like. Yeah. And even, because, like, that's the thing. In TNG, you see, like, them leaning on their on their, on the consoles all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, just leaning on things, you know, just kind of, and it's yeah. just like, wow. Like, and they've never, they never accidentally fired, like, a torpedo at somebody. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they have, they have the L cars. They have, like, some weird fucking, like, glass shit on yeah. here that is definitely not L cars. So. No. They gotta gotta get uh, Michael Okada back. Fucking make the shit work and not fucking trigger with a butt, <laughs> a worm's butt. And that's the thing. I mean, we'll probably get into it, but that's like in Picard. I think like their display system is completely ugly and dis- and unmemorable. Yes. And I think that's probably one of the worst things I've ever seen. Not Elcar's. So the um, <clears throat> the torpedo hits the Dauntless, and Janeway orders them to return fire. But just then, the Diviner appears on the bridge with Essentia holding him up. He says that his daughter is on board the Protostar. Janeway says that's why she's targeted their third nacelle to cripple them rather than destroy them. Finally, the Protostar is set to jump, but is hit by the torpedo the moment it's ready. It drops out of warp and begins to drift. Okana asks how close they are to the neutral zone, and Hala Janeway insists that a Starfleet vessel entering the neutral zone would be an act of war against the Robulan Empire. Okana suggests they remodulate their shields to hide from the Romulan sensors so they can go in, but the Dauntless cannot follow. 
Back on the Dauntless, Admiral Janeway orders them to continue pursuit into the neutral zone. Commander Tyrus objects, but Janeway says if the Romulans get a hold of the protostar technology, they'll have even bigger problems than if they're spotted in the neutral zone. Tysus says respectfully that she once told him to listen to his emotions, not be guided by them, Mm -hmm. and says if this is about Chakotay, she is being guided by them and refuses to take the order, which is actually pretty crazy and something we don't see very often at all on Star Trek. Yeah, I like that scene a lot. Yeah, me too. It was actually like, like, there was weight to it. And I was like, holy shit, that's like... Someone actually like saying no to Janeway is not something I, I don't think I've ever seen on Voyager. Like, no, yeah, that was that was that was pretty cool. And yet he stood up for his he stood up for his ideals and everything. And, and was, the ideals of Starfleet. And the ideals of Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. So suddenly, three Romulan warbirds decloak in front of uh, the Dauntless as they are hailed. It is Commander Kasseth of the Roman Star Empire. She says they are close to entering the neutral zone, which would be an act of war. Of war. End of episode. Credits. Mm-hmm. Roll. Rolling credits. What do you think? You know, it was. I mean, the writing. I think probably could have been better. Yes. Like there was a lot of just like just easy, uh, you know, solutions and things that could have been you know um just needs to prolong the story like the you know not not coming forward and mm-hmm. just like flat out saying like dude i have this thing that will destroy starfleet on the fucking protostar mm-hmm. you need to come with me right away right and just not figuring out a good series of threats and challenges and fixes to them that would perpetuate the story in the way that they wanted mm-hmm. without a making the main characters look dumb yeah uh, and incompetent. Um, B, not just leave a whole bunch of fucking open holes and like dumb ideas, like fucking snow grounding starships capable of warp speed. Yeah, I just well, come on. Yeah, what's what? What are you doing here? Yeah, what what are you doing here? Also, the fucking just like little things, like why did Okana have to be captured? It would have made more sense for him not to be captured. Yeah. Like, you know, just, like, little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, them going back to their fucking proto-star. Like, I thought the episode was fun. Yeah. Um, but, like, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, no. It was it was fun, but, like, and the writing was fine so far as, like, dialogue goes. But mm-hmm. the way the writing advanced the story left a lot to be desired. Just a lot of plot holes, I think. So, yeah. this one was fine. Yeah. Uh, last episode was uh, superior. Yes. The last episode, uh, theirs was superior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I did like, you know, I did, I, you know, Okana was a character I always made fun of, mm-hmm. but I did, I actually liked his resurgence. I, I actually did too here. And I, yeah. I barely remembered Okana, but I was mm-hmm. like, Okana, that's a, I, isn't that from like early, like TNG or something like that? Yeah. And then I went back and looked mm-hmm. at it. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's definitely, I have definitely made a thing before where depicting him as Poochie. <laughs> because because I, I definitely felt like you know he's like this you know this extreme character that they introduced that you know wesley's all like you know going like well you outrageous okana i love you yeah, yeah. and wesley like, <laughs> honestly it would have been cool if wesley like after okana like fucked up and left 
if Wesley was like still obsessed with him <laughs> and like he took that route and like decided to just become a complete fuck up Ooh. and like failed out of Starfleet and shit, that would have been so much more interesting. The fact that Wesley was like good at everything and saved the day yeah. a bunch of times, like became completely intolerable. Yeah, no, yeah, because like most of the Wesley episodes were just like Wesley's the most competent guy on the ship, but no one believes him because he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, yeah, you know, um. A preternaturally like gifted child, yeah, is always kind of annoying. Absolutely, <laughs> like, like, um, like young Sheldon, like young Sheldon, like young Sheldon, which uh, you will probably have to start watching. Then <laughs> I will. Yeah, you're you're betting that fucking I'm gonna give Star Trek Picard more than a five out of ten. Yeah, I mean, I'll, wa- I'll watch. I'll watch it too. Like, I'll help review it with you. What do you mean you'll watch it too? You're like young Sheldon. Oh, 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 yeah. really? Interesting. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's I a, serve my it's, sentence it's, alone. It's a cross that you have to bear. I mean, if if you want to be here while I'm masturbating, fine. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just warning you, any episode with Wallace Shawn, just kidding, he's not in there until like season three. But um, but apparently Elon Musk is. He's in an episode. Elon Musk is in Young Sheldon? Yeah, he's in, an, epi- so, he's in an episode of Young Sheldon. How much do you think he paid to get that gig? God, too much. I'm going to I'm gonna say... Also, how would that make sense? Or I guess maybe I, I, he's not playing himself. I, I want the over-under. Did he uh, pay more than the girl he uh, tried to get a handjob from for a horse? <laughs> or less? Over-under. Because we know he paid uh, Paramount... Oh, no, sorry. We know he paid Disney a million dollars to be in one of the Iron Man movies. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, I haven't seen that Iron Man. I've seen the clip online of that, and it's only him being like, "Hey, Tony Stark." <laughs> that's and that's it. Like, it's not like, a, and it's probably he's probably on screen for maybe like four seconds. But you know, that's but it did like get him. It boosted his profile. I mean, boosted his profile with all the yeah, fucking that, that, MCU that's, that's, nerds. That's four seconds that like what a hundred million people saw. Yeah, a bunch of times. Like, yeah. that's the, the the. I mean, it's kind of like the Home Alone two Donald Trump. Yeah. cameo mm-hmm. yeah like no one even i mean i, I don't remember the last time i watched actually i do remember the last time i watched home one two it was two years ago but uh, it's, <laughs> man, great. it's been it's long for movie. me it's I, a great I, I barely remember home the alone sticky two. bandits man it's i i will make the case i think home alone 2 is better than home alone oh shit it's a godfather 2 situation oh absolutely <laughs> my <laughs> opinion yeah yeah godfather 2 also superior to the first oh yeah i, yeah, I haven't seen i haven't i don't remember the last remember um Home Alone 2. I do remember there's like the bag lady who's supposed to the be. bag lady is awesome. So yeah, yeah, bag lady in the park is awesome. Um, the, the, what do they call them the first one? I forget, but the sticky bandits. The, yeah, the, the sticky, wet bandits. The wet bandits. Yeah, the sticky bandits. They become sticky bandits in the second one. They're great in that. Um, fucking, I love Daniel Stern and everything. He's awesome. Daniel Stern is great. Completely underrated actor. Yeah. He's very funny. He's, yeah, he's great in, um, in Chuds. Chuds? Yeah. What's that? Cannibalistic humanoid oh, underground dwelling. Chud. Chud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, Chuds. There was a movie called Chuds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Chud 2, Bud the Chud, also great. Yeah. Doesn't have Daniel Stern, though. Yeah. I think it's funny that it has two <laughs> two actors from Home Alone in it. Chud does. Because it has it stars like um um Kevin's dad. And, is it? Is yeah. Kevin's dad? Kevin's dad. I, I never it. realized that. Yeah. It's Kevin's dad. Huh. Cool. That's that's fun. <laughs> and like Daniel that. Stern. I'm like, ah. So it's a it's a pre it's like it should be like considered like the um like Home Alone is actually a sequel to Chud. That's an interesting theory. I kind of like that theory. Yeah, yeah, that's so much better than like uh, <laughs> Home Alone is a Christmas film. Shut up! No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Cool. 
So, uh, yeah, would you give this one a rating or anything? Or nah, I mean, I give it, like, it's an okay. Yeah, it was... I mean, there's that... I mean, fine. like, if you want to see, like, you know, um, Okana again, and, the you know, and the Andorian speech is actually pretty good at the at the end. I liked it a lot. Like, um, like yeah, uh, yeah, Daniel's yeah. Commander. Yeah, oh. Like, uh, I can't well, remember t- his Tysis. name. Tysis. Tysis. Yeah, I like Tysis's, uh speech there. It was really, it was really great. Probably one of the... Probably the best lines in the entire episode. Uh, in in re- realistically, one of the only times that like Prodigy has actually taken an ethical stance on something. Mm-hmm. It was actually a pretty hard line ethical yeah. stance, um, which is something that you know kids shows don't do very often. Or 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 uh, Picard at all. <laughs> True. Like <laughs> and that's that's the crazy thing is because like you can definitely do that. I mean, if you look at um, you know, the 3D animated uh fucking uh, Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars, mm-hmm. there are a ton of like ethical quandaries and moral tales in there. Yeah. And they do a very good job of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dave Filoni, fucking great showrunner, doing great Star Wars shit. He's, yeah. he's honestly um, one of the best people to touch Star Wars mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Like one of the most qualified. Like him and uh, fucking, uh, oh, what's that guy? John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not the John Favreau on Pod Save America. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, I'm talking about the the filmmaker who made Chef and uh, mm-hmm. is now in charge of like a ton of fucking Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. and he's good at it. Thank, yeah. thank you, Favreau. Thank you, Dave Filoni. Yeah, and I also like Tyson. You know, and that's also a good speech um, to have in a kid show because it does teach kids good, you know, act, yeah. acting, acting, um, like to really stand up for themselves mm-hmm. and also like you know and take. And ha- and speak up for themselves, and especially when they see something that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, and follow follow your emotions, but don't be led by them. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that is a for especially for children, a fucking amazing moral lesson. Yeah, and they they do it very quickly, simply. They put it at the end of the episode, which is mm-hmm. also a great place to put a good moral lesson. Like, yeah, everything about it, solid, great writing there. Not so much for the rest of the yeah, episode. the rest of the episode, man. And that's a that's a Mister Rogers thing where you never really talk down to kids. You kind of yeah, just like absolutely. talk 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 to them, like you know. You know, talk to the adults because kids, you know, yeah. do have the capacity to understand this stuff. Yeah. Either, either you talk to kids directly, or you have two adults talking to one another mm-hmm. because that's how kids learn to be adults is by yeah. watching other adults be responsible adults. Yeah, just like you know, that's why it's always better to buy a puppy if you have a good dog already because mm-hmm. the good dog will just train them to be a good dog. Yeah, just by proximity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good ish. Good ish. I, I give it a. I'd give this one a five out of ten. Yeah, that sounds about appropriate. I I don't know if I'd review all of Young Sheldon for this episode. <laughs> no. no, I don't. I don't think it's to that level of quality. But it, no. still, not bad. Not great. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're watching the series, I mean, obviously, you don't skip it. It has some important story information. It's got you know Okana's resurgence and mm. yeah, and he's he's definitely gonna play a part in the neutral zone, which will oh, be fun. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and also yeah. I like the setup more than anything. I really like the setup that this episode leaves us on because they can do a lot with this setup of the Dauntless going after a ship that is mm-hmm. in the neutral zone that they can't find in the neutral zone. I'm a, you know, there's a bunch of stuff here. A lot of cool stuff can go on in the neutral zone because they've never explored it because they're not allowed to go in it. Yeah. And so there's a lot there. There's a lot to be said there. But one thing I was wondering was um, the Romulan showed up right in front of the Dauntless physically. It shows them showing up. Yeah. And they say, you're about to enter the neutral zone. So, which tells me the Romulans are in the neutral zone that they're not allowed to be in. 
So I'm very mm. confused about that. What's going on there? Yeah, because I feel like the Romulans mm-hmm. at that point are, you know, having a declaration of war. You know, it's like the, mm. the DMZ, <laughs> uh, you know, North Korea isn't allowed to go in it, and South Korea isn't allowed to go in it. Mm-hmm. It's a place where neither country is allowed to go into. It's demilitarized, it's neutral, and going in there says, I'm approaching your space. Yeah. So why are the Romulans on the edge of this? Great question. No yeah. idea, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, they're just patrolling. But they're not allowed in there. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like they're saying, you're, if you come into the space we're in, you're going to be declaring war. But us being in the space somehow doesn't qualify that, even though we have the exact same terms of the treaty, you know, we assume. So whatever. 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 All right. So with that, uh, would you like to get into the Klingon word of the day? Yes. Let's do it. the Klingon word of the day. Today's Klingon word is Thor. Thor? Thor. Thor. Mm-hmm. Thor. Mm-hmm. Means raw. Ooh. So you can say like, I'm going in Thor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, girl, you want me to Thor dog this? <laughs> <laughs> going to Thor in that hole. Oh, baby, I like Thor. <laughs> oh, baby, I like Thor. Oh, baby, I like Thor. <laughs> uh, well, oh, I, I, I prefer to roll my joints with Thor rolling papers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, I also have a, a Thor uh, brand rolling paper scarf. Hmm. It's pretty sick. It's a very sick scarf. You ever get confused and roll, roll a joint with the scarf? Oh, fuck. You have no <laughs> idea, dude. I'm just like... Fucking my carpet's like set on fire and shit. I'm like, oh fuck, I did the scarf again. Fuck. Damn it. Not again. Yeah. Yeah, my fucking God. The uh, the condo association, not too thrilled about that, <laughs> I'll tell you. All right. So uh with that, would you like to get into some subspace transmission? Let's do it. Here we go. Subspace transmission. Subspace transmission. Folks, it's Subspace Transmissions. It's the time where we go into the fruitful zone. I, that was not great. <laughs> we go into the fruitful zone and uh, read comments. Fruitville Station. There we go. Well, no. <laughs> That's a great movie. That movie rules. That movie is great, uh, but it is one of the most depressing movies yeah, you will really watch sick. in your life. It is a great racial and like ethnic justice kind of film. Mm-hmm. But holy fuck, is it depressing? Yeah, great film though. Mike, yeah, Michael B. Jordan, he's great. Yeah, if if you like that film, I would highly also recommend the film uh, uh, Train, not Train Spotting, Train Spotting, Train Spotting. No, no, that's no. the that's the fucking that's the that's the, that's the, that's no. the Ewan McGregor yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, what's it called? It's a white and a black guy. 
Train stopping? I don't remember. I'll, I'll remember it. Oh, uh, train clocking? No. Train. No. That, that, I think it's, it stars the guy who does the voice of, um, of the Andorian. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It does. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 yeah you know the V Diggs. The V Diggs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I forget what it's called. Clock stoppers? No, that's definitely not it. That's a fucking like, uh, I'm going to have to look this up real quick. One sec. Um, not train spotting. What the fuck is it? Train, train gaggers. Train gaggers. That's, that's, dot it. that's com. the one. Um, Ah, fuck. Let's see. Blind spotting. There we go. Blind, Blind spotting. spotting. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he also wrote and produced it. That's cool. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's great though. Uh, highly, highly recommended. Um, yeah, very, very good. If you like Fruitvale Station, it's kind of similar. Not mm-hmm. as big of a bummer, but also a bummer. Oh shit. Yeah. I mean, anything that deals with you know, black people in America. You know, black people in America kind of have a bummer time because mm-hmm. of um, white men. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, white women as well. Yeah. As we found out this election, white men and white women <laughs> both vote like fucking dog shit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the white people. You can blame it on them. <laughs> At least like 50% of them are all just bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Subspace Transmissions, <laughs> the part of the show where we dig into comments on the internet about the episode we just watched. So, uh, this is a brand new episode, and in as much, there are no IMDb reviews or reviews mm-hmm. of it anywhere. So, instead, I just read comments from the little uh, watch after thread on Reddit r slash Star Trek. So, first, we have a comment from J.M. Crown. Uh, the, um, I believe the heir to Royal Crown RC Cola. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he I says, like RC Cola. You never really, I, don't, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's around. Is it? Yeah. I remember RC Cola for some, uh, like back in the day, fucking Costco used to have a deal with RC Cola to where that was like the brand and the distributor for all of their, um, like soda machines. Hmm. Uh, not not like the soda you could get in a cup, like the bottled soda, mm-hmm. so or canned soda. Yeah. And so, like, basically every time I go to Costco, I would get either an RC Cola or a Dad's Root Beer, who I believe are owned by the same company. Mm-hmm. There's some very like old feeling. They're like sodas for old men only. Yeah. And I the only old other, men only. I remember the only other time I really ever encountered RC Cola is uh, when I was a cable guy. Uh, I was installing cable. Cable guy. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was installing cable at this like really fucking dingy um, uh, trailer one time. And it was just like, I mean, I, I installed cable in a bunch of trailers. Most mm-hmm. of them are fucking pieces of shit, especially mm-hmm. in Alaska. And this place was just like bad and dog shit. But they had like a really hot daughter. Mm. Interesting. But I remember. And you like, were just like, what's up? I'm, I'm working. And the guy's like, hey, uh, you thirsty? I'm like. Not really. He's like, oh, would you like a, would you like an RC cola? And I was just like, okay. <laughs> it's like I, I literally up to that point in my life never had a person ask me if I wanted an RC cola. Have you hmm. ever had a person ask you if you want an RC cola? Specifically? Not, not specifically, no. Because I feel like RC cola is so genericized that you, no one calls it by its brand name. No, no one's proud to have RC cola in their house. No. They're always like, hey, you want a pop or you want a cola or you want a soda or something like that? 
They're never like, hey, guess what I've got? Rem- you know, RC Cola, the best of the colas. Like, it's not, it's like. It, I think I could be, I, I would be. I would be welcome to it now. Like I would, I would just because of the use, nostalgia, right? Yeah, this not this nostalgia and the fact that you just don't go to the store and just see it just chilling on the right, shelf. Right, right. But this was, I mean, this was back in two thousand. Know, but maybe, I, maybe it's still there. Maybe I just have like a weird blindness to it now. <laughs> yeah, someone's hypnotized you away from recognizing RC Cola. You just my, like my, look at it at the store and it's just a blur. You're like, huh. my my family hypnotized me so I wouldn't see it anymore because I had an addiction to it. <laughs> just like Patrick, the damn RC Cola has to stop. <laughs> took me to a hypnotist. Uh, so anyway, back to JM Crown and his comment. He says. One of the greatest things they did this episode was a directorial choice. Up until now, we have mostly seen the crew interact mainly with each other. In this episode, when they get to the transport station, everyone is taller than them. This is accentuated by the camera angles as they look up at everyone. Uh, or others look down at them. It really reminded you and drove home the idea that they're still kids. This is why you buy the idea that upon their first interaction with a real Starfleet crew, they get anxious and botch it. By the way, anyone else prefer a slug version of Murph? I'll give it time, but not sure how I feel about the shmoo version. Hmm. So, no. Uh, <laughs> that, that was making a good point. Like, I, did, I forget, was Rock pretty much as, as tall as an adult then? Yeah, yeah, Rock Rock definitely was like bigger than all of them. and like uh, Actually, Rock's like a little bit bigger than I think than most adults here, but still. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, everyone else was like very, very short. Yep. Especially Pog. Like, you always, I assumed like Pog was a bigger person. No. Yeah, he, he was like at like you know dick level with uh mm-hmm. Doctor Gnome. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Turn into Doctor Yes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so Doctor Yism. Yism, yeah, Jism. He's, he's gonna be Jisming all right. Yeah. Uh, Jism Pog. <laughs> Jism hog. <laughs> Jism hog. I got a jizzin hog over here. Uh, so next we have a comment from Nimrod Hellfire. They say, And the kids are right back at acting like idiots again. Sure, they are kids and they do mistakes, but meh. I thought we were past that. At least Rock was pointed out. I feel like them telling Janeway and them figuring out a solution while still having some small misunderstandings would have made a far more exciting episode than what we got. Yeah. Totally agreed. 100% agreed. Mm-hmm. Not hellfire. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Uh, next, we have a comment from Smilodon48. Says, uh, This was a plain old excellent episode. Okana's reappearance out of his cargo box had me in stitches. <laughs> the Prodigy team did a great job of adapting current day Billy Campbell into Okana's 2384 appearance. Mm-hmm. I also thought he did great voice acting wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see, so everything uh, O'Connor related, except for the fact that he got arrested and just escaped magically, was mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is great that they made him look exactly like how he looks in real life, and and yeah, it's like it was. It was like I wasn't sure if it, they really did bring him back at first. You know, I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, that's, that's great. Like they, you know, and I'm glad that he got to reprise a role that I felt was meant to always be bigger. Totally. Yeah. Um, so Smilodon48 continues. It was a it was great getting more of the Dauntless crew. Tysus trying to convince Janeway to come to her senses was a great moment too. Agreed. Should have been labeled as a two-parter though. Yeah. Murph was not what I expected it to be. 
I didn't think the melanoid slime worms just turned bipedal kept imagining something more like a butterfly. Still great to see that evolution. And welcome to the 24th century, Zindi Reptilians! I'd love to see Prodigy adapt the Sulabon, to be frank. Yeah. Which, I mean, they totally could. Like, the Sulabon, and that's the thing, it's like the Zindi and the Sulabon, I think, came out of, like, emerging technologies and better makeup in mm-hmm. Star Trek Enterprise, because we don't really see them in anything else. No. Um, the Sulabon definitely, and the Zindi only appear, I guess, in one episode of Discovery, mm-hmm. or a reference there, so... Um, yeah, I would love to see them bring back both those races because it frankly doesn't really make sense why they aren't in, you know, further in Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it really doesn't make sense why they aren't in any of the other series, especially since fucking, like, they were discovered and their races were discovered on, like, the shortest and closest mission Starfleet ever did. Mm-hmm. Like, the NX-01 did not go out that far no it didn't go out nearly as far as the enterprise the original enterprise even yeah i mean the ncc 1701 mm-hmm. um like so it doesn't make sense why they would just never encounter them again in any space it's kind of weird to me. yeah it don't make sense yeah but you know they 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 kind of go through that where they because also we didn't see tellerites for a long time until just now that's true and that's then um and yeah, and for some reason, Discovery, they just like doing like Andorians and Orions. There's yes. like a million Orions all the time. I'm just like in and TNG, like there was in TNG, DS9 and Voyager, there was zero Orions, basically. Which is strange because they're all over TOS. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it it almost kind of makes sense. I mean, Voyager, obviously. Voyager is the only one that gets like a, a great pass on not having any of the aliens from the other series because yeah. they're in the Delta Quadrant. It mm-hmm. makes sense. And it also makes sense that like none of the other series have like, you know, Talaxians and shit like that. Yeah. Because yeah. why would they be out that far? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so they get a pass. But yeah, it, it is kind of weird like how little crossover a lot of the series have with their like alien lore. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually glad and i think it's a good thing and we sh- i think we should maybe always have some sort of animated star trek because animated star trek has that ability to just bring in things that are technologically more difficult to include yep yeah like you know they don't want to do like yeah you know, they can just be like oh let's include an andorian here and animate an andorian yeah versus you know casting someone as an andorian and having them sit there for like 3 hours a day in makeup and shit yeah cuz andorians you don't really see in TNG DS9 or 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 Voyager either. Uh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, there's I mean, yeah, they're a bunch in Enterprise. I mean, not a bunch, a few in Enterprise. Yeah. Um good old Shran. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. That, that's super weird. Yeah. How they just kind of disclude a lot of aliens. However, but for some reason every single fucking series has the Klingon. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have an empire. They have Romulans mm-hmm. too, but it's like you know, I mean, it's weird that they see their enemies so often. However, they don't see, like, any of the other Federation members at all. Mm-hmm. Even though they're all in this... Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's silly. So, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me because they just don't want to do all the makeup. and yeah. They want to save on production shit like that. So, all right. So, next we have a comment from the Nerd Chaplain, who we hear from, like, all the time on. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Hopefully he's not a Catholic chaplain, you know, because he's got a 29% of doing something not so great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, huh, their chapel hasn't posted in a while. Huh, and he's from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, Arg, what a tease this episode was. I wish they'd figure out what message they wanted to communicate to Starfleet about themselves and the protostar before actually running into them. That said, it's nice to see more action with the real Janeway and the Dauntless crew, and Jamila Jamil as Ensign Essentia, not least. I've been a fan of hers since The Good Place. Seeing Okana and the Zindi was spoiled for me by the teaser posts earlier this week, so that was cool. But didn't have the impact. I low-key wanted Jim Cummings to voice the Zindi characters, since he's also great. Hondo in the Clone Wars, Minsk in Baldur's Gate, and Winnie the Pooh. Hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up elsewhere. Yeah, this uh, the nerd chaplain wants Jim Cummings in his asshole, it sounds like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, fun. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't I don't care about any specific voice actors in this. Like, no. I mean, Jason I, Alexander. I mean, he's fine. I don't I don't care about him because he doesn't even sound like Jason Alexander. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, and also I mean, Jamila Jamil, um, Jamala Jamil mm-hmm. doesn't sound like her either. Not really, no. And like I felt she feel she has a very distinctive voice, like especially like, you know, in the good place. Like you, yeah. you could hear her and that, I don't that, hear her at all. At that's a, the thing though. Is she has a distinctive AAV voice, which I don't think would make sense here. <laughs> like, have you ever heard African American vernacular in Oh wait, no, I'm not thinking of the right person. Never mind. No, I'm thinking yeah. Of someone else. No. yeah, yeah, she she has a British no, no, accent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but still, you never hear AAV in fucking Star Trek ever. No. You never have, and you probably never will. No. It's kind of weird, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Especially <laughs> since I feel like AAV is definitely more um inculcating into like the cultural zeitgeist and the way we actually speak far more so than, you know, how they talk on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, that is, that is true. No, several people don't sound like themselves. Obviously, you know, Kate Milgrew sounds very much like herself, but yeah. David Diggs though, he sounds exactly like. David Diggs also (laughs) does sound very similar. Um, Yeah. Which, yeah. But Um, but Jamil Jamil and and Jason Alexander, I don't hear at all. (laughs) No, Jason Alexander especially is very good at obfuscating his voice there. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting. And it's cool because he's actually, that's one of a big problem I have with a lot of things mm-hmm. is hiring voice actors who are just regular actors and they want to have that actor's recognizable voice. Chris Pratt, Mario. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I mean, very few people have that cool of a voice to like, you know, um, uh, like, you know, maybe like that guy who is on like the green mile, Michael Duncan Clark, like mm-hmm. very few people of a voice. sounds like that. Yeah. And so like I, I get them using, Someone like him, who's mm-hmm. just a regular actor who has a unique voice. But like, if if they just had Jason Alexander talking like Jason Alexander, it would be incredibly distracting. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. We're doing medicine in a society. <laughs> like fucking... it's the summer of gnome. <laughs> the summer of gnome. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So I don't know. It specific voice actors really don't matter to me mm-hmm. unless they're like perfect for a part. And there's like. What is there a part that Jim Cummings would be absolutely perfect for here? I don't think so. No, 
um, this guy just wants him to be voicing the Zindi characters. And I'm like, so what? That's what you want. No one cares. Um, all right. So uh, let's continue. Got a couple more left here. So first we have a comment from must be a guy. And I'll tell you, this must be a guy. He says, Prodigy and Lower Decks have convinced me that Star Trek really needs a continuous animated supplement. The live action shows introduces the interesting characters, aliens, and locations. But as a TV show, it will always be hampered by budget. Great point. Mm -hmm. One I think I just made. Uh, but with animation, mm -hmm. the sky's the limit. Zindi, Klingons, Ice Planet, and 30-year-old characters in one week. Full set piece TOS era shuttlecraft the next. And then never before seen Starfleet outpost with completely new corridors. Cough, cough, unlike the ubiquitous TMP corridors. <laughs> this is every fanboy and script writer's dream. I mean, yeah, it does give them, yeah, the format gives them latitude. Yes. Uh, to, like, explore, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but it sucks when they have lazy writing, like, kind of quash that. Because, yeah. like, this, this episode, it was fun, but, like, the poorness of a lot of the writing really took me out of how fun it was. Yeah, like the sky's the limit, but and that also includes writing. So you exactly. should also like yeah. step it up a notch. And yeah, straight up writing first. Like if you have a good script, everything else is kind of inconsequential. Because if you have mm -hmm. a good script, it's going to be compelling and interesting to watch. Like mm -hmm. fucking Twelve Angry Men isn't that spectacular of a film, mm -hmm. but the script is incredible. Yeah. And that's why it's one of the best films ever made. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know what they say. If there's something that only guys like, uh, it's not good. 12 Angry Men is the exception. Uh, Mastering oh, Commander. Commander. That's true. I was uh, going to say Mastering The boys movie. Oh, yeah. That, that <laughs> movie is for the boys. Saturday is for the boys. And so is Master and Commander. Yep. Saturday, and on Saturdays, we watch Master and Commander. Hell yeah. <laughs> on Saturdays, we do French naval battles, motherfucker. <laughs> so uh, Donut Eater 111 responds to Must Be a Guy. Also, Donut Eater 111 must be a guy as well. It says, completely agreed. The funny thing is, these were the ones I was most unsure of. Quote, I like animated comedies, but is that really the right direction for Star Trek? Quote. I admire the idea of Star Trek named at kids and will probably watch it, but don't know how much I'll like it myself. Unquote. And yet these two are my favorite ones going right now with this is my favorite. So I'll gladly take any animated Star Trek they're willing to give me at this point, even ones that seem strange to me at first. Hell, especially the ones that seem strange to me at first. Oh, well, it's, I think it's kind of weird if this is, if you're an adult and this is your favorite Star Trek, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, it is kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's not bad. I'll say that. Yeah. But it's like, it's not the best Star Trek objectively. Like, no. if, I don't see how you could, like, think this is better storytelling than, um, you know, than Strange New Worlds and, like, more engaging and, I don't know, how do I put it? Um, uh, not on this. Um... I don't know, just just fun as yeah. as lower decks. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I just don't. Yeah, know I mean, it's definitely it's definitely like made for kids, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it has a little small things for you know any parent who's at, who's watching along. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I think it's a nice show. 
But yeah. and it, but if they do tie it into threshold eventually, like I think that will just like knock it up a few notches for me. That'll that'll take it because, past the threshold. Because yeah, it'll take it past the threshold. I'm like, it'll go fucking warp ten. I'll be like, oh my god, I'm becoming a lizard. God, it's and imagine if they did that, and then they got uh fucking Tom Paris back involved. Yeah, I mean, that would be crazy. We've already shown that he will do voice acting oh, for, yeah. for for uh, for the Trek animated series. So yeah. he was on Lower Deck. So yeah, Robert Duncan McNeil, like he's so he's always game. Yeah, fucking let him direct an episode of something too. Yeah, guy's yeah. a decent director. You know what? And I would like to see what Tom Paris is doing right now. Yeah, 100%. and like yeah, what is he like? You know, you know, Janeway's got to be like, so we got a son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was like three lizard babies there, wasn't there? I think I don't remember. It's been a minute. Yeah, so I like like that would be a cool like way as like after the reveal of Janeway being being the um being his mom, mm-hmm. then we get to see the other lizard babies. Know, that'd be sick. Oh yeah, if like Tom Paris took the other two away somewhere. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, all right, we're gonna close out subspace transmissions on a comment from Cliffy seventy three. Cliffy, Cliffy says. Originally, I thought including Janeway in the show was stunt casting, but it's really using the character very well. The two different versions of Janeway correspond to the two different sides of her character that were prominent in her previous show. She's both very nurturing and also very scary. Of all the captains that we've seen in Star Trek, Janeway is the one who most obviously takes pressure in doing justice to somebody who deserves it. Doing justice. Tuvix's justice. Someone who deserves it. Yeah, Tu. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely I mean that's a thing. Like, um, uh, uh, crap. What's her real name? Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. She's definitely just like an act, like a, like she's a hardworking actress. Like, oh yeah, she's always she is like continuously worked from like for thirty years. Like, yeah, she carried orange as the new black on her back, and oh, she was great in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and and yeah, and, and of course she was uh, picking this role. Of course she's gonna do great at it. Mm-hmm. Like she's already done great at it. <laughs> yeah, she's already done great, and like um, right from the beginning. And yeah, she's she's a uh, she's awesome. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I w- I've never considered it stunt casting. I think it was no. I think it was very appropriate, especially mm-hmm. to to really ground it as a Star Trek. Uh, yeah. property like so, you needed you needed someone I, I i think honestly if they could have chosen any captain mm-hmm. i think janeway was the best choice for this series specifically yeah like i think patrick stewart could have been a good choice too mm. william shatner would not have been a good choice cisco no. would have not made any sense <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't even think uh he's doing every, yeah avery brooks probably i don't think would even want to come back yeah he's he's, he's done yeah, yeah. he's yeah, what's he even doing? I would like to know what he what his his getting high and playing piano. <laughs> Straight up, he's getting high and playing piano, and I love him. That rocks. I love him so much. Yeah, and he's just wearing those really comfortable clothes and like weird glasses. Yeah, yeah. I love him so much. Yeah, he's he's Avery he, Brooks rules. So yeah, much. he rules. Like he's he's not only my favorite captain, he might be my favorite actor of a captain as well. Although Anson Mount, really cool. Yeah, Anson Mount's cool. Yeah, so yeah, follow him on on Instas. Mm-hmm. And he's always doing cool stuff. And like Patrick Stewart, I thought was pretty cool until Picard's season one, too. Which, which is, de- yeah, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will. All right. So that is the end of Subspace Transmissions, which brings us near the end of the show. But before we go, let's say goodbye to some folks. 
who gave the ultimate sacrifice. It's time for Red Shirt Obituary. Red Shirt Obituary. Well, the awaiting was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. But thanks a lot, time to beam up to that big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember three unnamed crewmen, an engineer, and perhaps two security guards, not quite sure, who served on the USS Enterprise-D under Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard. The three crewmen lost their lives in a terrorist attack by the Ansada while they attempted to plant a bomb on the Enterprise-D's warp core. So that thanks to the crewmen and the quick thinking of Geordi LaForge, the bomb was beamed safely away from the vessel before it exploded. So rest in peace among the stars, unnamed crewmen, and thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I guess. R.I.P. bozos. Hell yeah, that's about the end of the motherfucking episode. Where can we find you on the onlines, Mr. Pat? I'm on Instagram, at Platonic Bomb, and Twitter, if it still exists, you know, in the next coming days. I'm, no. just, I'm on Twitter at So Potomac just disregard Bomb. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, if, if, if Twitter stops existing, just don't bother looking me up on there. Hell yeah. And uh, you can find me at Soytrek on, like, pretty much any social. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. Just find me. Mm-hmm. Ask for pictures of my dick. Oh, shit. Of you. Oddly, no one yet has asked me for pictures of my dick or balls. And I think I've like said it like at least twice. You have. I think I think I've threatened it. I, is, and I think people think it's a joke, mm-hmm. but I'm serious. <laughs> serious. I will send you a crazy good uh, nut video sound on. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. I don't even care anymore. That's if you buy into this into the special Patreon, the special nut video with sound uh, tier. No, no, it's you don't even have to do that. I'm just testing the waters. <laughs> I think y'all are too weak to ask. There's mm. hundreds of you listening to this. I don't think one of you is going to be like, yo, Brit, let me see that fat hog. Because <laughs> I'll do it, you dumb motherfuckers. I'll do it, you scared little bitches. Test me. Just watch. Don't test me. They can't arrest me. <laughs> Actually, they probably they probably could. They yeah. probably will. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you get if uh, there's a SWAT team that comes in here in the next few days. Well, with that, Captain's Log <laughs> Supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Be well. Travel safe. And his Ferengi rule of acquisition number thirty-five says, "Peace is good for business." It be true. Thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 soy,